Welcome to the Healthy Hustlers podcast, a series of healthy conversations with inspiring hustlers. I'm your host, Madeline Carafa. Warm and graceful, today's guest is an actress, model, qualified yoga teacher, and positive eating psychology coach. Born in the Hunter Valley of New South Wales, Isabel Cornish is a lover of all things health and fitness. Residing in Byron Bay, Isabel chats to me about her passion for health and the environment, her plans to write her own book, and her experience as Vicky on Puberty Blues. I loved chatting to Isabel, and I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Before we get started with today's episode, I did just want to let you guys know that due to the current restrictions that have been enforced due to COVID-19, I'm no longer able to record interviews in person. And if you have been following the Healthy Hustlers for quite some time, you will know that all the interviews are usually conducted in person, but the health and safety of my guests is number one priority. So therefore, they have been recorded online, so the sound quality may vary from other recordings, but I appreciate your understanding during this time. This episode of The Healthy Hustlers is proudly brought to you by Table of Planty's new probiotic kefir pourable yogurt and delicious range of prebiotic mueslis. Hello, beautiful Isabel, and welcome to The Healthy Hustlers podcast. How are you today? I'm awesome. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. I just love connecting with the community and I love connecting with people and girls like you. Oh, thank you. No, I'm super excited to chat to you. I won't lie. I'm a little bit disappointed because we were meant to do it in person in beautiful bar and pay. Um, but obviously, given the current situations, we're now doing this online. But I was super excited to meet you in person, but we'll have to make that another date for another time <laughs> when the time is right. Um, so thank you for your time today. I do love starting the chat by finding out something about my guests and for this conversation, I'd love to know kind of what self-care practice that you've been incorporating lately that's really helping you with your mental well-being. Okay, so lately I've been absolutely obsessed with raw cacao butter on my skin. So if you follow me on Instagram, oh. you might know how obsessed I am with cacao. I think it's the most beautiful thing in the whole entire world and I'm absolutely obsessed with it. I eat raw cacao every day, but I also buy it in the dark butter and I buy the white um, raw cacao mass and at the moment so I bought these big five kilo blocks of it and I've got this big white block of this big dark block and I snap off a piece of the uh, white block this cacao butter and it's actually it's hard at room temperature so it's once it's on the skin it's sort of like a coconut oil but it's hard at room temperature so you can just have a big chunk of it in your bedroom or whatnot and when you hop out of the shower if your skin's nice and warm or if you're laying in in your room at the night, you can let it sit on your skin and it will start to melt just a little bit and you can rub it over yourself and give yourself a massage. And it is the most beautiful thing ever because it slow melts. So it's like it's like a slow process. So it also makes you slow down and really appreciate putting this magical thing on your skin and really to to take in the whole experience of it. So it's more than just, you know, putting a coconut oil on your skin. So I've been obsessed with that lately. Oh my goodness. That is so beautiful. Do you know what's so funny? I have so much of that in the cupboard because I'm about to, after this chat, make a um, cacao chocolate, like a healthy chocolate, because at the moment I have been really, really lazy with eating 
bought chocolate from the health food store. And one of my big things when I was pregnant was always making chocolate from cacao. And I've been so lazy with it. So I'm going to do that after it. And I'm going to snap up a piece and keep it for after my shower because that sounds absolutely beautiful. What a nice little ritual. Yeah, it's so beautiful. It's like the best. It's my favorite thing for my skin ever. When I found out about it, I was like, oh my God, because you can eat it and you can put it on your skin. It's just so beautiful. Oh my goodness. I love that so much. Oh, thank you so much for sharing. Well, I guess, you know, before we hit record, we were talking about obviously the current situations that are taking place across the globe. You know, we really are entering uncharted waters. And I guess I'd love to give, get a bit of your insight into if people are feeling a bit of fear and anxiety around these times and that, and that feeling of uncertainty, what are some tips that you would have for them? Yeah, so at the moment, um, there is a big shift going on. And the number one thing that I've been really focusing on, which I has been making a really big impact on my life, is thinking small. And it's very easy in a situation like this when there's a lot of world issues and these events are taking place around us. It's really easy to get caught up in the news of it and to start think long term of what's going to happen and what's my life going to look like now and that's thinking big but the beauty is thinking small and thinking small means just marinating in the daily bliss which means concentrating on the world that you have in front of you and trying to stay present in the moment so you know letting things like your cup of tea really nourish you and think about all the small things in your life and your daily life that you get to experience and try not to think so much into the big perspective of things because the big perspective right now is very overwhelming and it's overwhelming to everyone and it can create fear and anxiety. So if you just bring yourself back to what's in front of you and what you can see right here and now and what's right in your perspective, I think is a very beautiful practice that can really nourish you on a daily basis. Oh, wow. That is definitely something I need to keep doing. I find like for me personally, the more space that I create in my life and the more I embrace stillness is when my creative side is really like comes to life. And so I'm really struggling at the moment to try to let that sit to the side and just focus on the fact that it's okay to just be for a while and to not feel this pressure of having to always create and put more things out into the universe and instead just be present in my home and be really happy for being here. Um, so I really love that. I think that's really beautiful advice. I would love to take it back and give the audience all a little bit of a sneak peek into you growing up. So could you talk to us a little bit about your early years? Originally, I grew up on a farm in the Hunter Valley of Australia in a small town called Lochinvar. So I grew up there on a 200-acre property and then my mum and I and one of my brothers moved to Newcastle for our school years and we would travel to my dad's house on the farm on the weekends and then live in Newcastle through the week and go to school. And I have, um, there's five kids in the family. I have three older brothers and one older sister, but there is a big gap. So a lot of them were all moved out of home. So when I grew up and went to school, it was just myself and my brother. And then when I was about 13 or 14, I wrote a monologue to audition for a performing arts high school, which was always my dream to go to a performing arts school. So I wrote a monologue for that school and it was about fairies and I still remember it to this day. And I got into a Hunter School of Performing Arts and I went there for my school years. And then when I was about 16, mum finally gave me permission to audition for film and television which I'd been begging her to do for years and years and years. But um, 
she needed me to be able to catch the train to Sydney on my own. So I had to wait till I was 16. And then when I was 16, I would catch the train three hours, do an audition and then catch the train three hours back. From then I started working in film and television and I did some little guest shows and then I started working in Puberty Blues and started travelling back and forth to the States and then moved out of home when I was 18 to Sydney to shoot Puberty Blues. And then it all kind of took on from there. So, yeah, since then I've just been between America and Australia and then just travelled a lot around Australia and then I moved up here to Byron Bay about a year and a half ago accidentally. Which was oh a my goodness! Hey, I was going to say that's a good accident. I would love to have that accidentally happen to me. <laughs> I actually got married in Byron Bay last year, so it's oh my goodness, my favourite place on earth. It is so beautiful. So, a good place to accidentally end up. <laughs> um, but I would love to talk to you about puberty blues because that is my brother Will and I's all-time favourite show. It's seriously the best. I don't think there's ever been a TV show created this since that will ever top <laughs> Puberty Blues. But I'd love to kind of get a bit of insight from you as to what that experience was like because the show completely skyrocketed when it did hit the TV screens in, it was 2012, was it? I think so. I, it was yeah. so long ago now. Time yeah. So how was that experience for you? And I guess how did it kind of shape and, and change your life? For us, we shoot the show and then we go off and do other things. And then when the show comes out and it all kind of hits, we're already off doing other things. So it's, yeah. quite, it's quite a different experience for us, you know, because I was over in the States by then when the show was coming out. But oh, it, yeah, shooting, okay. shooting the show itself was, you know, it was we just had so much fun and that was the beauty of it. We all got along yeah. so well. It was just we were just a gang of, of teenagers ha- playing a gang of teenagers and it was just <laughs> – it was such a beautiful, enriching experience. We just had hours of fun in the in the trailers on set, and just being on set with a show like that, I, it really, really did transform a lot of my life because it did bring me back to the moment a lot. Because when we were on set, a lot of our scenes were just hanging out, and when you hang out, and back in those days, you don't have phones, you don't, you've just got to do things like check your nails and like fix your hair and like play with the buttons on your shirt. And it was a really beautiful experience of slowing down because, you know, we'd have an eight hour long scene, but we didn't do anything technically. And we didn't have our phones there. We just had to just entertain ourselves like kids entertain themselves with whatever they can, they've got right in front of them. So I learned a lot. I learned a lot about what it was like back then because we, you know, shoot days are long days and we lived that. We kind of lived and breathed that whole world and we're all still friends. I I see Sean quite often. I see Sean the most out of everyone actually because we seem to be in the same place at the same time, time. Yeah, I just have so much love for everyone that I worked with on that show and it was just, it's such a beautiful thing to still meet people and just see the way that it touched them and the way that the show really hit home for them. And I really means a lot to me. I still run into people all the time and they're like, puberty blues, puberty blues. (laughs) It was so funny because as soon as I told my brother um, that I was interviewing you, he's like, 
oh my goodness, can you remember like back in the day sitting on the couch, just like hanging out to watch Puberty Blues? And I'm like, I actually can. And like, I'm seriously smiling so much right now, just thinking back to those memories. And it it really created such a beautiful family environment for us, I think as well, because my mum loved the show. My dad loved the show. My brother, like it was one of those ones that the whole family could truly enjoy and sit there as a family. And I don't think there's ever been many shows that have have been able to really encompass all of that. So I just think back to that that series and just have such beautiful memories of being with my family and, you know, that if we didn't get to watch it together, we'd always catch up and be like, oh, this happened and that happened. And yeah, it's, it's really beautiful that um, a show, you know, an Aussie show as well can create that. Um, and I love hearing that you love the cast so much because it was such an amazing cast. So to hear that you guys all got on so well is so nice. What was the impact like then, I guess, for you because you were in America were you kind of hearing how successful the show was going or were you kind of able to tap into any of the energy from the success? It was quite surreal. I mean, I was on social media then and I guess that's when Instagram kind of first took off. When our show came out was when Instagram took off for the first time. So it was kind of a really nice platform to be able to connect with people watching the show and I just started to notice a lot of influx of people speaking about the show and following um, myself and the others because of Puberty Blues. So it kind of all took off at that same time. And it was just, I would stream it when I was over in LA, I would stream it from Australia. But I feel like the show came out, season one came out and season two came out. And then it's almost like it took off again after it was already on television. I feel like a lot of people, so it was a slow burn actually. Yeah, I totally agree with that because I remember seeing a lot of girls that are a lot younger than me when they'd start streaming it, like they're watching it more on laptops and stuff. And I'd see Instagram stories and I'm like, oh, that's so funny. But I thought I was like, oh, well, they probably would have been too young to watch it when it was first aired. Yeah, like the first season aired and I don't even know if that many, that's, for instance, that's why I think we didn't do a season three because we didn't get that many on-air hits. We got so many after the show was out. We got gazillions after the show was out. But when the show was actually on television, like the weekly tune-ins weren't that incredible. So really? we didn't Isn't have the stats. Crazy? We didn't have the stats for a season three, but then the show took off like digitally and like all the streaming after it was actually on television. Oh my goodness. Now yeah. you need to go back and say, we need a season three. <laughs> everyone everyone, <laughs> everyone loves it. it. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Oh, wow. No, so it would have been such a cool experience. I, sorry, I had to ask about that because, yeah, it's just been such a um, a beautiful show for my family and I to watch. So thank you so much. But I do want to speak a bit about your health and fitness journey because you are such an advocate for living such a healthy wholesome, fit lifestyle. And I'd love to kind of dive into how you discovered your passion for health. I've always been interested in health and wellness. I guess the f- it, I suffered from a mental health issue myself, but I was interested in health before that. I studied yoga and I've studied eating psychology and I'm actually writing a book at the moment, which is coming out next year for young women. Oh, wow. Which is, in- it's been an incredible journey writing that book, but it's health, wellness and positive psychology. So my health journey kind of started out really when I started, I went vegetarian at the age of 13 and then I went vegan for a few years and I started working in 
puberty blues and it started off as just a hobby. It was a hobby for something to do when I wasn't acting. So I started self-study of nutrition and read pretty much, got obsessed with every book that there was in nutrition and would just read and read and read like those big, thick textbooks that they'd give nutritionists and naturopaths. I would read all of those just out of a hobby. I was just generally interested in it. Wow. So I read all the books and then I got really interested in, I've always been, I've always loved running and then I got into yoga and then I went and did my yoga teacher training in Costa Rica. I lived in the jungle there for a month and did my teacher training, studied with Jiva Mukti, which is a vinyasa practice. And it kind of just kept transforming and then I went to detoxes and health retreats to learn from other people and then continued self-study and then I studied eating psychology and that kind of like fully transformed my life and it just opened my eyes up to this whole other way of working which is, you know, just how everything is connected and you could eat the perfect diet in the whole entire world, but if your mind isn't thinking clearly and if your mind's in a negative thought pattern, then you're going to have issues. So it really just opened my whole worldview up to what health is as a whole and how health is the connection to the environment and the connection to others. It's what you eat. It's how you eat. It's how you think. It's how you show up every day. It's how you live by your dreams, your desires, and your life purpose. So it really got me thinking about health as a whole. And being a young woman and being in the industry of like film and television, I kind of went through it all. Like I saw it all. I was a model for three years in the United States. So I went to all the shoots and yeah, I saw everything. I saw like a a bad connection with food and I saw other people struggle with things. I experienced a mental health issue myself. And then I saw, you know, the beautiful side of health and I learned from people in Bali and Indonesia and all these detox and yoga retreats. And I just saw how health as a whole is just, it's all encompassing. You, You have to work on all pillars to have the real vitality and the contentment of what health is. You can't just focus on one thing. So so that's the reason that I'm inspired to write my book. And my book is all for, for young women that um, to give them back their power. So, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of bullshit out there in the health and wellness world, but then there is a lot of absolute pure gold. What I hope to achieve is just to highlight the, the gold and just to help any way I can. We'll be right back after this healthy break. We've all heard that the gut plays a huge role in keeping our bodies and our minds happy and healthy. Well, nourishing your body and getting your daily dose of inner gut goodness is now even easier with Table of Plenty's new probiotic kefir, horrible yogurt and delicious range of prebiotic mueslis. Their probiotic kefir is packed with 10 live cultures and more than 90 billion friendly bacteria. That's 10 times more than regular yogurt, making it great to add to your brekkie. Like all things Table of Plenty, the probiotic kefir and prebiotic fiber mueslis nourish you from the inside out. Enjoyed together, they are the perfect combination of prebiotics and probiotics that you need for a happier, healthier gut and a great way to kickstart your day. Look for them today at your local Coles supermarket. Oh, that is so incredible. Wow, you've been on a really amazing path. And I love that for you that it's 
evolved. I think that that's kind of sometimes the beautiful thing is when you can look back and think how one thing led to another. And I always say that I think, you know, our health is a journey and you can always be incorporating new things. Like no one's, no one's perfect. No one's doing it perfect. And it's not about being perfect. It's about really figuring out what works for you. And it sounds like you've done exactly that. So I really love hearing that. I guess for anyone who is interested in their um, eating psychology stuff, what was kind of your first touch point with that? So it was actually when I was on my yoga teacher training in Costa Rica, there was a girl there that had studied eating psychology and she told me about it and I thought about it. I contemplated it for about two years after that and then I was like, it's time and I, I just did some research into it and I guess that was when I kind of came out of my own mental health issue too and I was just really keen to learn and just just to learn about health as a whole and that's what inspired me to study it and it was just such a beautiful thing to study and being a young girl and just uh, yeah it's just eating psychology just totally transformed my life and I just can't wait to share that with others. So on a I guess a daily basis how do you or like what does your fitness routine look like? And do you kind of try to mix up workouts and food or do you have a bit of a strict plan that you stick to? So everything's now shifted as we're going through yeah. this shift. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but On in- a normal day prior to the global no, pandemic. <laughs> no, my health actually has, it has transformed. So I do no rules, no rules, no diets, no restrictions. So I intuitively eat. So what I eat every day is completely different. And that's what works for me because I'm someone that in the past has got stuck in rules and regulations and it doesn't work for me personally because I, there's parts of the feminine that really thrive on, you know, the dance. We're ever changing, we're ever evolving and ever growing and our hormones fluctuate. And so for me, the dance, I like to incorporate the dance of life and the dance of the feminine into the way I eat. So every day is different. It's guided by how I feel, what my hunger and what my body is telling me. So if I had to give you a food diary for the last week, I would have no idea (laughs) what I ate. I mean, I have a rough idea, kind of, but like I'd have to really think. Um, oh, that is so good though. I, I really like um, what you were saying then about the feminine energy and, and dance. That just gave me a lot of comfort actually because I kind of feel the same. I'm definitely not a routine person. So yeah. yeah, that's a really beautiful way to look at it. I believe that there is a place for things like routines and rituals and things like that, but I feel the feminine thrives on not getting stuck in anything. So everyone everyone's different, but um that's what really works for me. And the same thing with my workouts now. So I just I just do what I love. And for me, running has always made me happy. When I went through, um, I had a hip injury and I ended up on my bedroom, crawling across my bedroom floor about a year ago. So that was a bit of a setback, but that also made me, that was my moment where I had to look at fitness as well and fitness and my body in terms of its all-encompassing nature. So now, for instance, I just do what I love. So my routine at the moment is I run about five days a week and then I just chuck in some body weight workouts or some when before we were in isolation, I'd just go to boxing when I felt like it or just do a Pilates here and there. Um, but just change it up every day and just make sure. And if I'm traveling and I'm not able to go to a gym or and I don't feel like I don't have as much energy to to run in nature, then I'll just make sure I hit my steps every day. So I'll set my, I've got an Apple watch and I'll just make sure I hit 13, 14,000 steps every day. 
But my favorite thing in the whole world is trail running through nature and it just makes me so happy and it's like I can finally breathe. So that's kind of like my stable. I love being in nature so much. I think it is like one of the most calming and nurturing things you can do for your mind and your body. Just being immersed in it just brings so much clarity to me. So I could imagine, yeah, running. I'm not a runner personally, but I could imagine doing that would just bring so much joy and calmness to your world. So yeah, that sounds like a a beautiful fitness routine to have. So it's really funny though, interesting what you touched on about the routine because at the moment I'm, I'm in a funny place where I think my daughter's six months and I'm finding that she really thrives off routine. So being fed at the same days, eating similar foods, going to sleep at the similar time is really when she's kind of at her best. And it's been a really interesting journey for me because I'm so the polar opposite. I don't really eat the same thing every day. I don't really run to a schedule. Um, I kind of do things as I please and as I feel. If I wake up and I feel like a walk, then I'll walk. I would go to Pilates if that once was an option. Um, But yeah, it's really interesting now trying to be more conscious of a routine. And I just feel like it works so well for my daughter, but it, it doesn't really work that well for me. So it's, I found that really interesting what you were saying then. Um, and I took a lot from that. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's funny looking because some people are just such routine people and they thrive in routine. And I definitely do more of nighttime, but as for my day, I really struggled to keep to a routine. Yeah. Like I have certain things like I love to go, I go to bed about 8.30 and wake up about 5.30. So that's a routine for me. But in terms of like my eating and my exercise and my daily, the things that fall in the middle of my day that aren't my sleep and my wake, I find that I really thrive on on the the dance and the flow and it, it really nourishes my creativity. Yeah, that's awesome. And how, I guess, on your creativity, what are some other ways that you're able to really tap into that creative side? Um, Movement. Movement helps. There's nothing like movement break to gain inspiration, I'm telling you. It's just whenever I'm stuck and I need a little bit of source of creativity, I just like go for a run or go out in nature and walk and it always sparks. So um, that's probably number one for me and then also not pushing it because when inspiration hits inspiration hits you know if you've got little outlets I think it's really beautiful for people to have little outlets that they can have that they can use any time of the day so if you've got a little journal on your phone or you've got something you can sketch in on your phone so if you feel like a creative spell comes through you you can channel that no matter where you are. Yeah, I love that so much. I actually have a note section in my phone because I find I definitely get most creative one when I'm walking or not that I can use my phone when I'm here, but in the shower, I feel like I just have, yeah, it's so weird. Like whenever I'm in the shower, I just feel like I have this creative, I don't know, creative juices just like flowing. It's so crazy. And sometimes I feel like things just like drop into my head from the universe and I'm like, oh my goodness, I need to like write this down. It's so bizarre. So I need to find a way to be able to um, to capture those a little bit more because writing notes on my phone when in the shower does not work. Um, so I need to, need to find a way. I need to get a notepad or something outside of the shower to quickly write them down. 
but yeah, it's funny trying to tap into like when you are your most creative. But I guess moving, shifting gears a little bit and from following your journey on Instagram, I hope I'm right in saying that you're quite a spiritual person. Um, I'd love to know kind of a bit more about your spiritual practices if you have some. I guess my spiritual practices kind of have have sprouted from yoga and Buddhism. I really enjoy, I love teachings of, of Buddhism and yoga. I don't have a specific spiritual practice. It's more just reflection and introspection, I feel like, gives me that clarity and then dabbling in, you know, things like the Yoga Sutras and the teachings of Buddhism. So that's kind of where it all comes for me and it's just I'm obsessed with things like oracle cards and I just I just love it all. I just feel like that there's such a we, – we as human beings, it's just – I guess it's an outlook. We as human beings are just such this – um. We are nature. I see ourselves as nature and I used to um, believe that there was no such thing as perfect but then the more that I look at nature, the more I see my reflection in nature, the more I'm starting to think that humans are perfect but it's our conditionings and our external influences that sometimes make us believe that we're not but there's just this untamed beauty and I guess that spirituality for me is just seeing that we're more than the external body and that we're more than the vessel that we are put in and it's just believing in a power that's bigger than yourself and finding connection and finding purpose that is outside of things like what you do for your work and your friends group and where you live and what you have in your life and how much money you have so I guess my spirituality all comes from that place. And I love what you said about there's something bigger than us because I think if you can tap into that way of thinking, it brings so much comfort to know that there's just something bigger and stronger and wiser helping to guide us that always, like I believe, has our best interests at heart. But I think for anyone wanting to kind of tap into their spiritual side a little bit more or experience some spiritual practices, the oracle cards are such a great way. Um, I find them a really beautiful ritual to play with those. So I loved that you mentioned them. Yeah, for sure. There's just so, uh, I have so many crazy moments with my oracle cards, for instance. Oh my goodness, isn't it? I just got a puppy the other day and I named him B, like a bumblebee. And I named him B on the way home. I drove all the way to Queensland to get him before the borders shut. Anyway, I came home that night and I thought, oh, let's just draw it. Let's get the dog to draw an oracle card. This will be funny. And I pulled out my decks and I just grabbed one of my decks because I have about six or seven. And I put the cards out and he pulled a bumblebee card, a card that I didn't even know existed in my deck. Oh, my goodness. Are you serious? (laughs) I laid out all my cards on the floor and he grabbed one in his mouth and I turned it over and it said Bumblebee. And I was like, no, 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 no. (laughs) And I didn't even know that card existed and I could have chosen, I had six decks to choose from and I chose that one. Wow. Oh, my goodness. That is so cool. Yeah, I love when you have moments like that where you just like, Oh, it almost like takes your breath away in that in that second of just like, whoa, there is something so much wiser and, and powerful um, controlling us. And I, yeah, I find so much comfort in it. I, I think the more that you can kind of tap in and experiment with it, 
the more clarity and and stuff that you actually get in life. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that. But um, I guess to wrap up our conversation, and sorry, George is in the background. So to anyone listening, she's being a little bit noisy. So I'm sorry for to our listeners if you can hear her, um, and to you if you can hear her squealing away there in the background on her playmat. But to wrap up our chat, I would love to find out what success means to you. Success means to me having your own back and picking yourself up through all of the hard times and success means to me yeah just knowing that no matter what you go through that love can support you and can nourish you and yeah success for me is just picking yourself up time and time again and just like wearing your heart on your sleeve and saying yes when fear gets in the way. Oh that is awesome note to finish on. And touching on fear there, I think that's definitely something that a lot of us can get caught in and can allow it to really hold us back and be a barrier for success. You know, I know personally, I let it hold me back for so many years. And now success for me is just is waking up every day and doing what I love. And I allowed fear to hold me back from that for so long. So um, yeah, thank you for bringing fear into that because I think it's such an important thing and, and such a thing that so many people let take control for, for probably too long. But for all the listeners, where can they find you um, and stay connected? So you guys can find me on social media. Um, I'm on Instagram, Isabel Cornish. That's probably the form that I use the most. And then keep an eye out for next year when my book comes out. Yes, so excited about the book. That sounds absolutely amazing. And I just love everything that you are doing to spread and inspire healthy lifestyles. So well done. And thank you so much for being a guest on the show. I've loved chatting to you. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review. For any products mentioned in today's show, please check the show notes below and hit the direct links. If you'd like to suggest a future guest, please follow at The Healthy Hustlers on Instagram and send through a direct message. Until next week, don't forget to invest in you.